Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In Luke chapter 1, reading from verse number 5, the Bible tells us of the story of the visitation of Zacharias by the angel Gabriel. Okay? The Bible tells us that the visitation came when Zacharias was ministering in the temple of the living God. Zacharias was afraid when he saw that particular angel. And the angel had to kind of calm him down and say, Hey, my friend, relax. I brought you good news. And, if, and uh, the, the angel now went ahead and told Zacharias what will happen. That he and his barren wife are going to have a son. And that son, the Bible says that that son will become what? Will be great in the sight of the Almighty God. It will also fulfill the messianic prophecy of turning the hearts of the children back unto the Father before the Almighty God, before the Lord Jesus Christ will show up. Now, Zacharias was kind of, you know, was, was, could not believe his ears when that, uh, when that uh, angel gave him that prophecy. Zacharias sat down there and was just wondering. And it would have been better if Zacharias had kept his mouth shut. It would have been better for him. But Zacharias now opened his mouth and asked the angel a question. And he revealed the condition of the heart of Zacharias by that particular question. We pick up the story in verse number 18 of Luke chapter 1. The Bible tells us that Zacharias said unto the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in age. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you this glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, if you skip down to verse number 26 of that same chapter, the Bible tells us of another visitation. This time around, it was the visitation of Gabriel to the Virgin Mary. The Bible tells us that if the angel basically gave Mary the same information that he gave, uh, that he gave uh, uh, Zacharias. He told him the same message. The, 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 the angel told Mary, say, you are going to have a son. Your son is going to be called the son of God. And Mary was also as surprised as Zacharias was surprised. Okay? She was also wondering. She also asked a question of the angel. She, and let's pick up the story from verse number 34. Mary then said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the angel of the highest will overshadow, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, which is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Look at verse number 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, from this verse of the scriptures that we have read, we saw two visitations. Okay, 
of two true visitations of two different individuals by the angel of the Lord. We saw the message that was given to these two individuals. We have seen the question that these two individuals asked of the angel. And finally we saw the completely different response of the angels to the two questions that was asked by two different individuals. Two completely different responses by the angel. Okay? Zacharias in verse number 18 asks the question, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced, is well advanced in age. Mary asks the question in verse number 34, How can this be since I do not know a man? Okay? On the surface, these two questions appear the same. One is asking, You are going to have a son. He says, I'm old. The other say, you are going to have a son. I don't know a man. How is this? Basically, these questions on the surface appear to be the same. On the surface, the questions look like they are the same question. But the angel reacted differently to those two questions. And the question is why? Why did the angel respond to Zacharias one way and respond to Mary in a different way? Okay, why did the angel respond differently? Now, what, appear, what was the difference between these two questions that caused the angel to begin to look at them differently? I want you to skip to verse number 20 of that same chapter. In verse number 20, the Bible tells us something. It said, Behold, you will be mute. That is the response of the angel to Zacharias now. You will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things will take out until the day these things take place. Why? The reason was given in that same chapter, in that same verse, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And you will remember in that verse number 19, there, uh, the angel Gabriel specifically said, I am Gabriel, in case you don't know. I stand in the presence of the Almighty God, in case you don't know. I have been sent to give you a message, in case you don't know. And now you are questioning my word? And that was why he responded differently. The difference between the two questions is found in the reason behind the question. The reason behind the question. Zachariah's question was a question born out of unbelief. There is one thing for you to question the intention of the Almighty God. It's another thing for you to question the promise of the Almighty God. It's another thing for you to question the intention and the integrity of the Almighty God. It is one thing for you to question the promise of God because you think they are ridiculous. It is another thing for you to question the integrity of the Almighty God to fulfill what he said he will do. Zachariah's question was a question that was rooted in unbelief. He said, how shall I know this thing? In other words, you are telling me, how will I know? In other words, that how, how will I know that you are telling me the truth? How will I know that your word is true? How will I know that you are faithful to what you are promising? The Zachariah's question was born out of unbelief. How shall I know this was a question that was focused on himself? You will find out that when Zechariah was asking the question, he wasn't asking about the glory of God. He wasn't asking about the things that God will do. He was focused more about himself. How shall I know this was a question that was focused on himself? How shall I know this was a question that challenged the integrity and the faithfulness of the Almighty God? God has given a word. God has sent his angel to deliver a promise, to deliver a word to a particular individual. And the individual is asking, how will I know? In other words, how do I know that you are the angel? How do I know that you are actually Gabriel? How do I know that I have not taken too much and I'm just, and I'm just hallucinating? How am I sure that this is a prayer? This is, a, this is you are from the Almighty God. The question, how shall I know this, was a question that challenged the integrity of the Almighty God. How shall I know this is a question that revealed the Zacharias' unbelief. It's a question that revealed the content of his heart. Though he was serving in the presence of the Almighty God. You will notice that that word came to him when he was in church. 
He was supposed to be the one ministering. He was supposed to be the one praying for the people. He was supposed to be the one that was delivering the sermon. He was the one supposed to be the one putting incense upon the altar. The word of the Almighty came and he did not believe it. That tells us one thing. It is possible for you to be in church and not even believe what you are hearing. It is possible for you to preach the gospel and not even believe the gospel that you are preaching. It is possible for you to say that you are aligned with God and not even understand the God that you are actually aligned with. How will I know this is a question is a, is a, is a, is a question that revealed Zachariah's unbelief. I mean, Zachariah's unbelief needed a sign. He was in the presence of the Almighty God. He was the one telling people how great God was. He was the one telling people that God can do all things. He was the one telling people that the God Almighty is the one that can fulfill all promises in their life. And now the promise of God came to him. He said, how do I know this? It's easy to talk. It's another thing to believe the promise of the Almighty God. The unbelief of Zacharias needed a sign. He needed a proof. He needed evidence. And before he would believe what the angel is telling him, he needed a sign. He needed something that he can anchor his faith on. The word of God was not sufficient for him. The word of God was not enough for this man. And he needed a sign. And the angel said, okay, I'll give you a sign. You are going to be mute. Zacharias' question was more of a question of, I don't think this is possible. I'm an old man, man. How can I have a son? And the interesting thing is that this is the same Zacharias who was supposed to be the priest in the house of God, the custodians of the word of God. And within that same word of God, he has written in there what happened to Abraham. And this is the same Zacharias who will claim that he is the son of Abraham. And the Lord is repeating what happened in the life of Abraham and is asking the question, how can this be? How do I know? How will I know? This goes to tell us that we can see miracles happen in our midst. We can see God move on our behalf. We can see God answer prayers. But that does not mean that your heart will be able to wrap your hands around it. And to accept what God is saying concerning your life. There are a lot of things that God has spoken concerning your life in this year that is coming to pass. Many of them have not come to pass. Not because God is not able to do it. But because we have refused to be able to take the step of faith and get out of our comfort zone. Many of the things that we found elusive in our life, it's not because God cannot answer the question, it's because we have failed to be able to move and say, God, I am going to stand on the promise of the Almighty God, and I'm going to step out in faith and walk on water for you. It is not because God is not moving on our behalf, it's simply because we have decided that God, I need a sign, and God said, I'm not giving you any more sign, I have given you my word, if that is not enough for you, then too bad. And the good thing that the angel did for Zachariah was that the angel kept his mouth shut. Because only God knows what Zacharias would have been saying again. <laughs> because, I mean, if he started talking crap at the very beginning, you can imagine what would be happening if the, by the time the woman is at the, the wife is actually pregnant, and Zachariah looks at you and says, Ah! What happened to you? You know, because God wanted to deliver Zacharias from Zacharias, he had to keep his mouth shut. The point I'm making is that Zacharias' question was more of, I don't believe you, God, I need a sign. And how many times have we said that to the Almighty God? How many times have we done that in the way we pray? How many times have we done that in the way we act? How many times have we done that in the way we interact with people within the church, outside the church, in the place of war? How many times have we done that in the way that we trust the word of God that has been spoken unto us? I believe you, but I need a sign. That was what happened to Zacharias. But let's flip the coin over and look at the response of Mary. The Bible tells us in verse number 34, Mary asked the question, he said, how can this be since I do not know a man? Just looking at that question, it appears as if the, 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 the lady is also doubting. But the Bible makes us to understand that on the other hand, Mary's question of how can this be was a question that is rooted in a desire to know. 
There is a difference between when you are questioning something because you don't believe or when you are questioning something because you need additional information. Two different things. Zacharias was asking because Zacharias was doubting. Mary is asking because Mary wanted to know. You are telling me I'm a virgin, I'm going to give birth. Mary said, how is that going to be possible? It's not because I don't believe that you are God, you can do it. It's not because I don't believe that the power of the Almighty God is able to make a virgin pregnant. It's not because I do not believe that I can deliver. It's not because I don't believe that God is going to promote me. God is going to give me the children that I want. God is going to establish my relationship. God is going to move me to a new place. God is going to increase me. It's not that I don't believe. But how do you want to do with Almighty God? That was the question of Mary. Mary's question was born, was rooted in the desire to know. It is one thing when you are working with the Almighty God that you are asking questions. It's another thing when you are asking the question in doubt. It's another thing when you are asking the question and say, Lord, I want to know. That was the same question that Paul the Apostle asked the question. When we asked the Almighty God, when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that he said, you, he said, I am Jesus. They say it is very hard for you to kick against a brick. And Paul the Apostle asked the question, say, who are you, Lord? Not because I doubt you, not because I don't know you exist, but who are you? And Jesus introduced himself to Paul the Apostle at that time. He said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And then he said, what do you want me to do? You will see that there is a difference. The intention, the motivation of that question is not to doubt what God is doing, it's to ask the question, give me more information. And there is nothing wrong in asking God for more information. That is why since the beginning of the year, when we went on retreat, we were asking the Lord, what do you want for us in 2018? What do you want us to do? Which direction do you want us to go? Who do you want us to associate with? How do you want us to do this thing? How do you want us to move your work forward? It's not because we doubt that you are not able to do it. It's not because we don't believe that you can do it. It's just that we want to know how to do it so that we can conform with you more. Mary's question was born and was rooted in the desire to know. How can this be is a question that, how can this be is made... It's meant for her to be able to know what was going on. How can this be? Means that she wanted to understand how this particular process is going to happen. How can this be? Is a question of wonder. You are giving me a wonderful promise. You are telling me something that I cannot wrap my mind around. You are telling me where you are taking me. How is this going to happen? It's a question of awe. It's a question born out of curiosity. It's a question that is asking in amazement that this is the possible future you are showing on to me. How are you going to make it possible? How are you going to bring it to pass? It's a question that the Lord Almighty is opening her eyes. And the Lord is telling you, this is where I am taking you. This is what I want to do for you. This is what I'm going to do in your life. This is what is going to come from you. And Mary is saying, I can see the possible future you are painting. I can see what you want to give to me. I can see the things that you want to do in my life. But Lord, how do you want to do it? That was the question of Mary. And that was why it was different from the question of Zacharias. If you look at verse number 38, that same question of how can it be led Mary to, uh, to begin to commit herself to the Almighty God. In verse number 38, the Bible says, how can, that, how can this be? It's a question that resulted in the submission of Mary. Because when the Lord got up, when Mary asked that question, the angel now began to tell her, that the power of the Almighty God is going to fall upon you. The Spirit of God will overshadow you. And when that happens, God will take control over your life. Mary believes that particular question, believes that particular statement. And the Bible makes us to understand that Mary now make a declaration in verse number 38. He said, Behold the hand, the hand, uh, the many servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, you have asked you a question. I have asked you to show me how you are going to do what you want to do. You have given me a revelation of what you want to do. You have given me a revelation of the son that will come into this world. I am now saying, Lord, I submit myself. 
I accept what you have said about me. I accept your promise concerning my life. I accept your word that you have spoken concerning me. I accept the things that you have done concerning me. Until Mary asked the question of curiosity, until you asked the Lord and said, Lord, show me where you are taking me. Show me what you want to do for me. Show me the direction that you want my life to go. Until you ask the question, the revelation will not come. And when the revelation comes, that is when you are able to release yourself and say, Lord, have your way. This was what happened in the life of her, in the life of Mary. And you see, Mary is not isolated in this particular process. If you go back all the way to the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3, Moses had the same issue. The Bible says Moses was just minding his business. He had consigned himself to the fact that, yes, my life is going to be that of a shepherd. I will continue to, I'll continue to shepherd my, my, the sheep of my, of my father-in-law Jethro. And as he was doing that, the Bible says a day came that the Lord interrupted his routine. In verse number 1 of, Je- of Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says Moses, the the, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire, out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sign. Why the bush burn? Why the, uh, why the bush is not burnt? In other words, Moses is saying, just like Mary said, how can this be? Here is a bush that is burning, but the bush is not consumed. Here is a bush that is on fire, but the fire is not destroying that particular bush. And, Mary, and, and, and Moses, just like Mary, is saying, how can this be? Okay, how can this be? The Bible goes on to tell us in verse number 4 that after Moses asked the question in his heart, how can this be? The Bible tells us in verse number 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. The reason I brought that up is to let you know that when you ask the question of the Almighty God that you want to know, when you ask the question of the Almighty God to give you more detail, that is when the Lord knows that you are serious about working with Him, and that's when He opens the door. The same thing He did for Mary. When Mary said, how can this be, since that I don't know a man, the angel of the Almighty God now went a step further, and began to give her, give her the procedure, the things that God will do through the life of Mary. You and I need to come to the point where you ask that question. Where you'll be able to ask for details and the Lord Almighty will begin to give you. Christmas will be meaningless until you ask that question, how can this be? Christmas will be meaningless in your family. It will be meaningless in our church if we do not stop long enough to ask ourselves, how is it that Jesus Christ delivers? How is it that Jesus Christ saves? How is it that Jesus is able to take me from where I am to where I need to be? How is it that Jesus is able to put my feet on the higher ground? How is it that Jesus is able to provide me the promotion, the healing, the deliverance that I see from Him? Until we stop and ask, how can these things be? Your life, you know, we might just be running around and walking about in circles. Christmas will be meaningless until we ask the question, how shall these things be? Now, we see two people in scriptures receiving the same information. Two people in scripture having an angelic visitation. Two people in scriptures having an opportunity to face with the almighty God. And we see that one responded with faith, the other one responded in unbelief. And this has been the characteristic response in the, in the, in the, along the Christmas story You will find that any time we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ Whether his birth, his resurrection His ministry on earth There is always that response There are people who will believe And there are people who will not believe There are people who will respond enthusiastically And there are people who will say what are they talking about There are people who will say we want to worship him And there are some people who are just looking for a way to be able to cut off his head 
There is always that misreaction. People hearing about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ always respond differently. While Zacharias doubted, Mary responded in love, Mary responded with faith and in submission to the will of God. Now, we have seen that, I've kind of laid the, the, laid the, kind of, uh, the background in that area. But the question that I really want us to focus on this morning is this. Why is the response of Mary so important? Why is the response of Mary so important? What is so special about the response of Mary? What is it that made the response of Mary so important that the scripture had to note it? Mary's response was so special because of one simple reason. And that reason is because of the implication of her answer. Just think with me for a second here. Okay? If this morning when you woke up in the morning, you are told that by coming to church this morning, by identifying with Christ this morning, by saying yes to God's plan for your life this morning, you are going to lose your friends. You might have people not associate with you anymore. They might possibly stone you to death just for coming to church this morning. If after you left here, you are going back home, somebody is going to stone you, you are going to lose your friend. Nobody people will not want to associate yourself, associate yourself with you again. The question that I have for you is that if you have that information this morning before you woke up, are you going to show up here this morning? Very few people will. Okay? If you knew that by the time we close service in the next 20 minutes, you step out of that door, there are people standing waiting to stone you for going to church. Are you going to come here this morning? Most people will not. That is exactly the implication of the response of Mary to the answer that he gave to that particular uh, gave to the uh, gave to the angel. There was what there was a possibility, there was a possible repercussion for Mary's response to the angel. Mary knew the repercussion and yet she still said yes. Mary knew, Mary understand, understood that her response and her submission to the will of God to have that promised child was going to result in an embarrassment. And yet, she still said yes. Because she knew. People would say, oh, you see, you see that crazy? She supposed she says she's a virgin. And she's walking about like this. You know? <laughs> People are going to gossip. People are going to say all sorts of things. Mary knew that was going to happen. Yet, she said yes to the angel. Okay? She understood that her response and her submission to the will of God was going to put her in a difficult situation. It has a difficult implication for her life. And yet she said yes. Because she knew that Joseph could say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. She knew the possibility. She knew the disgrace that was going to be associated with it. She knew the stigma that was going to be associated with her name. She knew the possibility of being stoned because she would be accused of adultery. And she still said yes. That was why the question was very, very important. Because Mary understood that as long as she's aligned with the Almighty God, as long as she's properly positioned with God, that things will fall in pleasant places for her, regardless of the implication. Mary understood the implication of her response and the submission to the will of God to have the promised child, yet she was willing to submit to God. She was willing to accept the verdict of heaven for her life. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. She was willing to accept what God had in stock for her, even when she knew the implication of it. The question for us this morning is this, who is that individual that is sitting here right now? Who is that man? Who is that woman? Who will be willing to accept God's plan for their lives, even when they know the implication? How many of us are willing to do that? How many of us? And I want you to let you know that this, I want you, I want you to understand this very clearly. The individual 
during this particular season and as we move into the new year who will see the plan of God fulfilled for his life who will see the intention of the almighty God you know, brought to pass in his life must be that particular person who is willing to submit to that will of God knowing the implications you know it's going to be difficult you know it's going to bring embarrassment. You know it is going to be able to put you in a difficult condition. You know that God's plan for your life is going to make people think of you as being weird. Yet, you are going to submit to it as we move into the new year. The man or the woman who will see God's will fulfilled in their life is the person that knows that God's will will bring embarrassment into their life, and yet they will still submit. The man who will see God's will fulfilled in their life is the one that knows that God's will will put them in a difficult condition and yet they will still submit. The man who will see God's will fulfilled in their life is the one that is willing to accept the stigma that the will, that the, that the will of God will bring into their life and yet they will still submit. Okay? And the man who will see the purpose of God fulfilled in their life is the one who will endure evil false accusation that will come with that acceptance. Because people will say that they are crazy. Oh, their pastor has done something for them. Oh, they are not, this one is not serving God. Oh, they are just looking for what they are going to eat. People are going to say all sorts of things, but you know that they are going to say, and yet you are still following the Almighty God. Submission. When you know that there is going to be false accusation. You people who will see God's purpose fulfilled in their life are the ones that know that there is not just the persecution. There is not just the stigma that comes with it. It's not just the embarrassment that comes with it. It's the possibility of death that is associated with, it, associated with the name of the Almighty God. And yet they are still willing to serve the Lord. This was what Mary knew. She knew that by serving the Lord, these things will come into her life, and yet she was still willing to submit unto it. She was still willing to submit to the word of God. And that was why she made the declaration, she said, be it unto me. In other words, do whatever you want to do in my life. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Even when he knew he was going to die on the cross of Calvary, even when he did not want to go and die on the cross of Calvary, he still said, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Okay? So the question this morning is this. Who can say, like Mary, your will be done in my life. Be it unto me according to your word. Who can say like that? Who is one of the people who can make that declaration wholeheartedly in their heart? The person who can say, be it unto me. The woman who can say, the man who can say, the church who can say, is that particular person who knows what it means to submit to the Almighty God. When you mean submission, is the only person, the person who understands the word submission, is the one that can say, be it unto me, according to your word. Number two, the man who can say, be it unto me, according to your word, is the man who understands what it means to obey the word of the Almighty God. Because it's one thing for you to submit. It's another thing for you to obey the word of the Almighty God. Number three, the person who will say, be it unto me according to your word. The church that will say, be it unto me according to your word, is the church and the person or the man or the woman or the family that understand what it means to trust in the faithfulness of the Almighty God. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. If he has told you something, and you are sure that God is the one that told you what he told you, and he has backed it up with his word, and he has given the assurance of heaven that this is what I want to do through you, I can bet you that he is faithful to his word. And the person who will say, I surrender to the almighty God, is the one who trusts in that faithfulness. 
The ones who know that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will not go without being fulfilled. That is the person that submits to the Almighty God. The person who submits to the Almighty God is the one that trusts the word of God. He will trust in the faithfulness of the Almighty God because the Bible tells us that the Lord God Almighty exalts His word more than His name. In other words, whatever he declares, the Bible says it will not return unto him void. It's the person who will be able to submit. When you trust the faithfulness of the Almighty God, when you know that God will never fail, when you know that God will never go back on his word, when you know that God will always uphold his word to you, that is the person who will say, I'm ready to give it up. But if you don't trust in the faithfulness of God, if you don't trust that God will do what He said He will do, if you don't trust that God will be able to back up His promises in your life, why would you want to submit? Why would you submit? Why would you give yourself up? Why would you release your talents? Why would you release your resources? Why would you spend time in church? Why would you waste your time in prayer? If God is not faithful, why would you do it? But the person who will say, Be it unto me according to your word, is the person. That trust in the faithfulness of the Almighty God. Not only that, the person who will say, Be it unto me according to your word, is the one who is willing to let go and let God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.